Today with Catherine Ruinala. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to Acts chapter 8. I was walking around the house today and um, singing an old song that I hadn't heard for since I was in Sunday school. Our Lord God, Thou hast made the heavens and the earth by Thy great power. Our Lord God, Thou hast made the heavens and the earth by Thy outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for Thee. Nothing is too difficult for Thee. Great and mighty God, great in counsel, mighty indeed. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing is too difficult for thee. Hallelujah. It's a scripture. It's the word of the Lord. It's verbatim scripture, the word of the Lord. And I was, I'm walking around singing this song. I haven't sung this song probably for 30 years. And suddenly it's popped into my head. Do you ever have that happen where a song just suddenly pops into your head? This is the voice of the Holy Spirit. God is trying to get your attention. And as you give your attention to it, it's like the burning bush or the bush that was burning and wasn't being consumed. That in itself was not the message, but it was the sign to get Moses to turn aside and give his attention to what was happening so that the Lord could speak to him and commission him into action. When you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit starting to get your attention through a song, through a sign, through something, when the Lord speaks, turn aside and give it your attention because the Lord wants to do more than just speak a word. He wants you to recognize why he's speaking it so that you can pick it up and use it. We know it, we call it the rhema word of God, that word which is active and ready. The Bible talks about it in Ephesians, about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That word, the word of God, is translated rhema, which is different to the logos, which is the written word of God. It's speaking about the spoken word of God that speaks to our heart. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart every day. He has got something fresh for you every day. He wants to help you every day with a spoken word from his heart, highlighting something that's applicable to your situation today. Hallelujah. And so I was thinking about this. Why am I singing this? And again, later in the day, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Nothing is too difficult. And then I realized... Well, I had a closed door to a situation that I'd been believing for yesterday. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, you're actually speaking a word for me today to begin to declare, no, nothing is too difficult for you. And then I remembered Isaiah 22, 22, that key of David that you've laid on our shoulder that um, opens doors no man can shut. And so I began to declare it, Lord, you open doors that no man can shut. Nothing is too difficult for you. And it became a sword in my hand, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God that the Holy Spirit had quickened to my heart to show me how to pray today. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you every day this way. In 
myriads of different ways. He will speak in so many different ways. It may not be through a song like me. My whole life's a musical, so it's very easy for God to speak through song to me because I, I guess I have a musical memory. But he might speak to you in all sorts of ways. And as you learn how to recognize the voice of God, you're going to become more and more fruitful in the ways of God. Amen? So let's have a look. This is such an awesome story. I was trying to restrict myself to just reading one verse, but then I thought, no, it's Friday. I can read the whole lot. It's so good. So this is a really cool story. It's about Philip. Philip, who we know as Philip the Evangelist, not, um, not to be confused with Philip the Apostle, so two different people. Philip was one of the seven that was appointed to help wait on tables. He was a deacon. When the apostles were like, there's all these widows and people are arguing about who should get what portion and this is, we shouldn't be doing this. We need to delegate. And so they appointed these seven deacons to start looking after who gets what in the daily distribution of food because everyone was bringing all the stuff and they were distributing it and looking after each other. And so basically, they were helping administrate and organize and, and take care of the details and to look after people and to help uh, care for the poor. And then Stephen, who was also one of the seven, was martyred. And persecution, violent persecution broke out against the church and the church was scattered. So Philip ran to Samaria and as soon as he got to Samaria, he started preaching Jesus with signs and wonders and miracles. Now, remember, he's not an apostle. He's a deacon. And he's moving with great power. The paralyzed, it says, you can, you can go back, um, verse 7. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who'd been paralyzed and lame were healed. Were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city. And he was seeing incredible miracles, amazing things. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you. You don't need to be an ordained minister to see the miraculous power of God move in your life. You could be on the service team and, and the Holy Spirit gives you the anointing to, to pray for somebody on the street, to share the good news of Jesus and see a whole country shift as Peter, as Philip did here. Hallelujah. So anyway, that's the introduction. So we've got Philip, who is not Philip the Apostle. We've got Philip one of the seven, one of the deacons. Um, so let's, let's pick it up here at verse 25. So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, oh wait, no, we'll go to verse 26. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Just pause and think about that for a minute. An angel of the Lord. I looked it up in lots and lots of different translations to see if maybe we could... Um, you know, calm that down a little bit. But no, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. This is in the New Testament. This is after the Holy Spirit's been poured out. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
This is a desert road. So he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Now listen to this. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. The spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Now, it wasn't a Logos written thing here that happened. Like, it wasn't like it is written, you shall go and walk beside chariots. But the Holy Spirit spoke to Philip and told him what to do next. You know, the Holy Spirit can lead you and guide you and show you what to do. I've had times when the Holy Spirit spoken to me and said, call this person or go and visit this person. And as soon as I've done it, I've realized, wow, that was God because they needed it right in that moment. Have you ever had just this sense, oh, I should really ring this person or I should, I should do this? Or, and, and as you've done it, you've recognized, wow, that was really the leading of the Holy Spirit. Give me a wave if you know how the Holy Spirit leads. And it's a beautiful thing. We need to recognize that it's completely scriptural. And the Holy Spirit will speak. Uh, he'll never contravene the word of God or the character of God. He's never going to say something that doesn't line up with who he is and his nature and his character, but he can absolutely speak to us a word to, that we know in our heart, this is the Holy Spirit prompting me and leading me. So we're going to have a little look at the whispers of the Holy Spirit tonight. It's like hearing the still small voice that Elijah heard when the Lord spoke. God will speak in such a way that you just know I know that's God speaking to me. Uh, we can have a look here. Uh, we'll keep going because this is a really cool story. Um, but Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When you look up that word, every word, and through the New Testament you can see word, the word of God being translated two ways, sometimes logos, sometimes rhema, and they have different meanings. One is the written word and one is the spoken word of God where the Holy Spirit can quicken a scripture to you or, or give an instruction like he gave to Philip. That's the Holy Spirit quickening something from the voice of God speaking to us. And it says here, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You can see the logos um, the word logos, the way the word is translated logos in multiple scriptures, like in John chapter 1, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That word is logos. That's the book, the written word. That, and it's the living word. It's God himself, the logos. Hallelujah. The seed is the word, Luke 8, 11, logos. Um, uh, Philippians 2.16, holding out the word, the word of God, the logos of God. So we see it all the way through. Study to show yourself approved um, so that you'll not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word. That's the logos. But then you can also see, um, oh, we'll do another one. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful. That's the logos. 
So it's powerful. That's why you should read it in the morning and read it in the evening. I, I just encourage you to have a habit. I have a habit that every morning I read something in the Word of God. Every night before I go to bed, I read something in the Word of God. You can get the Holy Bible app and it'll even... You know, if you're a competitive person, it'll, you can compete against yourself and have a streak of how many days you've actually looked at the, the word on, that, on the app. However you're going to do it, do it every day. Because the word of God, the Logos, this word is going to feed you. It's going to nourish you. It's going to show you who he is. You get to commune with God as you read his word. It's powerful. Amen. But then it also talks about the rhema word. And I've noticed that sometimes people don't understand this. They, they don't understand that the Holy Spirit can speak to us personally, a personal, applicable word to our situation and our circumstance. Um, Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word, if you, if you look at the the Greek translation there is not logos, but rhema. Hearing comes by the, oh, God, making that real. Wow, that word just hit my heart. That's, I, can, I can feel the Holy Spirit quickening that word. And that's faith comes because I heard God. Amen? You know what I'm saying? When you hear it, I know. When I hear God remind me of a scripture, it's all, it's all, all right. God's spoken. I feel good now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because I know God's spoken. It's the rhema word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema, hallelujah, of God. Ephesians 6.17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That word also is rhema, that right word in the right season to to pray, to say, to go to war with. Hallelujah. Um, and there's many, many. Uh, John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, uh, that word and my words, my rhema abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Hallelujah. That rhema, when you get the knowing, God spoke to me. God spoke to me. And God can speak to you, wants to speak to you every day single day. Just like you need physical food every day. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. He wants to feed you every day with something fresh. And so knowing this, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to challenge you like he challenges me, not to let what you're reading stay in the realm of knowledge. Because it's very easy, interesting, fascinating to read the Word of God. It's so good to see that. Wow, that's interesting. Wow, that's awesome. Oh, wow, that person I know really needs to know that. As I'm reading through Proverbs, I could often find myself going, oh, I, that would really apply in that person's situation. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Or been hearing a message and going, someone needs to hear that message. My brother needs to hear that. Or my, you know, my friend needs to hear that. That's okay. But we can miss, when we, when we stay in that level, we can miss the invitation into something that will cause us to become fruitful. 
that'll cause us to produce great fruit today. And sometimes it happens because we've become familiar with it. Oh, yeah, I know about that. I know that word. I've memorized that. Yes, I agree with that. That's awesome. Yes, that's a great scripture. Yes, I can sing it. I know it. I've memorized it. I've read it. I can quote it and miss it for today because we're not understanding that the Lord is trying to have a rhema word for us that we can pick up and use in our situation. I've, I've seen it happen over and over again where I've... I've, I've taken a while. He's, it's taken a while for me to rake, wake up and realize I've been letting this revelation sit here when actually it's personally applicable. God, and not just, oh, I should do that, but, ah, oh, wow, that is a word that calms my heart. That's a word that speaks peace to my soul. That's a word that, oh, gives me, gives me faith. You see, a rhema word comes when faith is mixed with the logos word and oh, it comes alive. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but we've got to hear what he's saying. Hallelujah. And so the heart of God is for us to recognize it and to mix it with faith. You know, Hebrews tells us that the word's not profit was not profitable to them. The logos was not profitable with them because to them because they didn't mix it with faith. Because it wasn't mixed with faith, it didn't profit what didn't profit them. And you can read it, know it, memorize it, quote it, and still not let it profit you, not let it have the impact that God has for it, has for you by not intentionally mixing faith with what you're hearing. So that's why I think it's important that we start to recognize the voice of God, the way that he speaks in all the different ways that the Lord uh, speaks. He wants to give us opportunity. Uh, you can hear um, the Holy Spirit speaking to us over and over again. Have a, if you have a look at Luke chapter 5, verse 5, you can read the story about Peter in the boat. You know, he'd been fishing all night. And then in verse 5, he says, Master, we've toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. At your rhema, that word is there. At your, if you tell me, then I'll do it. And the Lord will do that for you. If you look to him with an expectation for him to quicken your heart with something, he will show you what to do. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Do you want to read the rest of this story? It's cool. So the Spirit said to Philip, say the Spirit. The Spirit said to Philip, go up and join the chariot. So Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you're reading? Now sometimes you can be reading the Word of God and not have understanding, but the Holy Spirit wants to enlighten the eyes of your understanding in the knowledge of Him. He wants to speak to you. There's treasures in the old and the new. Don't be someone who never reads the Old Testament. There's so much beautiful uh, glory in the Old Testament that's revealing Christ. And, the, and this is what happened here. Um, the Ethiopian's reading Isaiah, and he says, well, how am I going to understand unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of Scripture which he was reading was this. It wasn't Lamentations. It was 
Isaiah, he was led as a sheep to slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation for his life is removed from the earth? The eunuch answered Philip and said, please tell me of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. He preached Jesus to him. Praise the Lord for people who preach Jesus. Hallelujah. God doesn't want you to be known for your opinions. He doesn't want you to be known as an echo of what you've just recently read on Google. He wants coming out of your mouth, preaching about Jesus, talking about Jesus, because Jesus is the answer, hallelujah, in every situation. I just love it. He preached Jesus to him. So they went along the road. They came to some water and the eunuch said, look, some water. What prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And then he ordered the chariot to stop and they both went down into the water. Philip as well as the eunuch and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found himself at Azotus and as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. And then we hear about Philip later on uh, when Paul goes through Caesarea and, and Philip's four daughters are prophesying. Fascinating story. We can read it and go, oh, yes, that's interesting. And this, this is pretty astonishing. An angel spoke to him, then the spirit led him to know what to do, just had it all set up that he was reading this scripture, talking about the Messiah. He, he leads him to Jesus, gets him baptized, and then boop, suddenly he's not there. He's picked up and he's in another place. This is the New Testament. This isn't back in Kings and Chronicles. That's now in the, the new covenant. I tell you, nothing is impossible for those who believe. If you will give yourself to the work of God, God will give his power to you to see his work established. Hallelujah. He will open doors no man can shut. He will make a way where there seems to be no way and he will get you where you need to be at the right time in the right place if you'll be listening and lending your ear to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You can turn with me if you like to Luke chapter 2. This is another one that I really love. Hallelujah. I remember when the Lord began to speak to my heart about preaching the gospel and that I'd be preaching the gospel and I was dreaming, daydreaming of fireballs going out over crowds and people getting healed and stadiums and me preaching and singing and seeing the power of God go out and people getting saved. And I was having all of these visions and impressions from the Lord that I was supposed to preach the gospel and heal the sick and, and, and I, that I was called to preach. Now, some of the things that you want in your, that you're thinking that the Holy Spirit is speaking may not be God. Like, 
I've had people come up to me and say, oh, yeah, the Lord told me I'm supposed to leave my wife and marry this other woman. I'm like, no, he didn't. That is not the Holy Spirit. And you know how I know? Because in the Bible it says God does, hates divorce. And what you're talking about there is adultery, and that's, that's sin. So, no, the Holy Spirit doesn't tell you to sin. Easy. Uh, oh, the Holy Spirit, I feel like I'm being led to not pay my taxes because the government's corrupt and I don't want to have to pay my taxes. I shouldn't have to, you know, because of, because of this reason and this reason. I feel like God's leading me. Not No, it's not the Holy Spirit because the Bible shows us clearly, pay your taxes. So there are things that you can clearly know. Is that God? Is it me? Is it God? Is it God? It's the devil. That's the devil. If he's telling you to sin, it's the devil, right? But if he's telling you, if you're feeling in your heart, I feel like I'm, I'm called to share my faith and lead, lead my neighbor to Jesus. Is that God? Is it me? Is it God? Maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just being motivated by, you know, pride or something. No, it's God. Why? Because God wants Jesus preached to your neighbor. And whatever you think your motives might be, the motive of the Holy Spirit is that, the, that the, your neighbor would hear Jesus preach. Hallelujah. So he's got, if you're, you can tell what is God and what's not by simply knowing the nature and the character of God. Amen.